You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fearless Business Podcast. I am super excited to invite my extra special guest on today, Meiki Sang, who is a launch strategist and conversion copywriter for purpose-driven online businesses. Welcome to the show, Meiki. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, and so you should. And I think the listeners will be super excited as well to hear what you've got to say today because there's all those coaches and consultants out there trying to do marketing and really struggling with actually what to say to their audience. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you've got to say today as well. So let's just, um, let's just uh, tell, tell the listeners just a little bit about um, Makey. And obviously, um, it might be worthwhile mentioning as well, we're bo- we both herald from the Southwest in the UK. Mm-hmm. So we should allude to that as well at some point. Tell everybody what you do, who you are, and and what you're getting up to at the moment. Yeah, sure thing. So hello, everyone who is listening right now. Uh, so as Robin mentioned, I am a launch strategist and conversion copywriter. So what that means basically is that I help people who are, they're bridging that gap between going from one-on-one client work to a group offer. So whether it's an online course, a membership site, or a group program, I basically help my clients to make that transition and actually launch successfully. There are a lot of things that a lot of, um, yeah, there are a lot of things that people do um, that actually kind of lead them towards launch flop like when a launch absolutely flops so I'd love to be able to dig into like some of the like (laughs) no-goes you know so that you can actually launch successfully because as a coach myself um, I trained as a coach first before I became a copywriter so I'd love to be able to uh, speak directly to you where you are in your journey. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into the uh, the launch flops. Definitely want to hear about some of those. Um, before we do that, though, kind of what, what got you into copywriting and, and helping coaches to, to launch their businesses? Oh, that's a really good question. So well, well, how long do you have, Robin? I mean, <laughs> as long as it as long as it takes. Go for it. OK, um, sure. So as I mentioned that I was a coach first before I became a copywriter and actually coaching really lends lends itself into the copywriting space and I'll explain why in just a bit but actually I didn't I never intended to be a copywriter I didn't to be honest I didn't even know know what it was a couple of years ago but actually what happened is that um I was fresh out of university I didn't love um learning my degree like I like I really appreciate psychology because that's the degree that I'm in and that I have and I just found that to be completely different because I did want to be a counselor, but it's just how it was taught to me and how humans were almost seen as test subjects. Um, It's just the way that it was taught to me that it just really turned me off the idea, but it's just a shame because I did really want to become a counselor, but I went through a rough time at uni and under personal circumstances, I actually, (laughs) through the magic of Facebook ads, they obviously knew what I was searching for. actually coaching fell into my lap I kept seeing these ads about going to this coaching school and I was like oh this is interesting and then when I was just reading the sales messaging I was just so blown away I was like oh my god this is everything that I want it to be and this is what I want to do and so I went in and I was so excited to start my coaching journey um, and I was like off the beaten path because I was no longer following the system you know and decided to go down the entrepreneurial route 
Um, but yeah, once I graduated from my uh, university as well as my coaching certification, I realized that I am the same as everybody else. And I think those who are coaches um, listening right now, they can um, you know, relate to that. Like, wow, I actually got the same certification as everyone else, but what makes me special? And that's the problem I find, Robin, that there are so many coaches out there that are so talented at what they do, but, you know, in, unless they find what makes them them, um, you know, they it just feels almost as if they're fading off into the ether because it's like, oh, there's nothing to distinguish me right now because I'm at like this level. And so, yeah, that's what happened to me, basically. Like, I didn't have that. <laughs> It's, it's, it's really fascinating, actually, because uh, you've obviously heard some of my stuff because I have some theories yeah. here that a lot of coaches go out there and they, they get the certification mm-hmm. and then they come back to the business world mm-hmm. and they struggle in the business world. So they, they then go away back to coaching school and get another certification. Mm-hmm. You imagine you've got yeah. this set of scales where they've got uh, a ton of certifications, but they've still got no business skills. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, what are they actually teaching people at coaching school? these days now i'm not i'm not a i i became a business person first and then i became a coach so i understood that was that's things yeah <laughs> so it's a sensible way route to do it mm-hmm. but it's a real shame because as like you said there are so many talented overqualified coaches out there who can help any number of people mm. but they're really struggling out in the real world of business in terms of like getting clients and running a, a i'm doing bunny ears here a proper proper business <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, I, I completely understand. And I think the route that you took, you know, doing business first and then coaching has served you extremely well, obviously. Um, yeah. And so that is kind of where I was at. So uh, this is when like we found, oh, well, sorry, not we. Uh, this is when um, I found a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Robin. You can name and- him. Um, okay, Tim. <laughs> Tim Han. Um, yeah, so they- Tim Han, just for everybody who's listening, runs um, Success Insider, which is just, he's got an amazing YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's He mentors on a couple of programs that I mentor on as well. He's just an absolute living legend. So hence why I'm not afraid to like shout people out when they're doing the right thing <laughs> and the wrong yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really helped me so much at the beginning of my journey because um, I, to be honest, I had a mutual friend that introduced us and then I I met him at an event and then I just really loved his work and I really followed his work. And around the time when his community was exploding because his, his channel kept going viral. (laughs) um, Yeah. I joined that community and he ran a lot of challenges back then. And then there was one challenge that I just went all in for because he had the grand prize of working with him for a year. And so I was like, okay, I really want this. And so I did it. Um, I went through seven days of overcoming our fears. And just to give you some snippets of what those fears were, uh, day one was like, I remember talking about self-acceptance and I did a live stream taking off my makeup because back then I wasn't so comfortable with my appearance. And, you know, I thought like, oh my God, I don't look professional, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. But I was like, no, let, let me do this. And at the time in that group, you can't go live Uh, like you couldn't go live in that group so um you know at that moment so it will be approved after basically but for some reason (laughs) um uh, tim or somebody else on um on the moderations uh team they approved it as i was doing it so it was was live in the group (laughs) and it was was like oh my god (laughs) this is crazy um yeah so that was one of them and then one of my favorites was talk was when i got a bunch of 
people some of them were in corporate suits to dance to the gangnam style with me like you know how popular that song is <laughs> yeah 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 one of my favorite me and the girls do it regularly and by by <laughs> girls i mean my five and three year old i should elaborate i don't have a harem <laughs> all right <laughs> good to know Rob. good to know but yeah i think it's great to clarify <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was one of the biggest things. And then, um, so I could go on about this challenge, but basically what I did really stood out and, um, and I really loved him and my, what his work stood for. So I did wind up willing, uh, winning the mentorship, which is amazing. And for the first four months, we worked on my business, on the coaching. So like he helps me to understand, you know, my offers and how I can position myself everything like that but then it just happened so organically that I was helping out with success inside anyway on a uh, volunteer basis and then what happened is that he was like hey um well he didn't say these exact words but basically what happened is that he hired me around four months in to join his team full-time and I was like I was like yes I'd love to <laughs> Um, because everything that he was doing was completely in alignment with what I wanted at the time anyway. So I was like, yeah, let me help you. Cause I loved the community, everything that he stood for. And so that's how we worked together and we worked together on a lot of launches. And throughout that time with him, I picked up so many business skills. So actually the foundation of my knowledge and how I'm able to like survive, like quote unquote <laughs> with my business is because of all the skills that he taught me. And it actually, cause I was in the trenches as I was doing it, it felt like, um imagine you're in a swimming pool and like you know there's a shallow end and a deep end right um I just felt like sometimes because there were so many situations when I did not know what to do and it felt like I was being thrown in the deep end literally and when I would when I'd be like flailing about like oh my god you know I can't swim I don't know how to do this like he would be by my side like literally on as if he was my lifeguard and be like you can swim you're okay and that and so like just having that support the entire way was incredible and yeah and then I picked up so many skills like I learned how to MC on webinars I learned how to run webinar softwares I learned um community management I even learned how to do some video animations so some of the video animations on that channel were actually from me oh no way <laughs> <laughs> yeah and one of them hit a million Woo! wow uh, yeah um that's how we that's how I actually got introduced to Alex by the way <laughs> through the animations I gotcha uh, yeah and naturally one of those skills was copywriting and I did not know what it was and he um, like Tim was like oh can you write this email and I was like sure and because I was I quite I knew his community inside and out anyhow because I was in there as a community manager and I handled a lot of the customer support and then yeah so, so I kind of knew what the messaging would have been and then he was like oh this performed really well and then he kept giving me like copy copywriting related tasks and he was like wow you're really good at this and then lo and behold around a year um after working together we just had this um you know one year review and then he basically said to me like i see you as an entrepreneur not an entrepreneur and while i love everyone on the team to have an entrepreneurial mindset you know i want you to follow your heart so he he kind of like had that feeling that it was almost time for me to go and i also felt that need again because i almost felt like i lost myself a little bit because you know before 
I worked with him, I was focused on my business, right? But then I got swept in to um, that world and I loved it. But then I realized like, wow, you know, I'm strong enough to fly now. And he was so encouraging. He was like the best mentor ever. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I get mentored by Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, because, you know, his his ethos and his uh, What's it? his catchphrase is follow your heart and take action and go live the life you're born to live and yeah. he really lives by his word and he was like you know mate i want you to follow your heart so um so with his encouragement and thanks to all the skills that i picked up i like this time my business was able to succeed so i've been full-time in my business ever since last june and um yeah and because of all that experience of launching i was able to get clients and they would hire me about you know with launching because i knew what i was doing because i was in the trenches i didn't learn it just from theory i did i actually did it so, so i think that gives me and that um a little bit of an edge uh from um compared to others who have learned it in theory first if that makes sense yeah absolutely it, it's interesting because one of the um one of the biggest issues i have with like the whole entrepreneurial sort of space and any number like coaches copywriters but uh, consultants freelancers etc cetera, etc cetera, anybody who fills the entrepreneurial space like there's no governance in it and it's a really dangerous kind of um time i feel that we live in where you've got anybody can kind of pick up uh, you know a copy of word and start writing some words and call themselves the copywriters so mm. but as most of us know especially like in the coaching world like i see an awful lot of coaches and consultants really struggle with copywriting oh. and i personally you can tell me whether i'm right or wrong and maybe there's more layers to this onion but i think fundamentally the bit which they lack is um that process of getting validation so a little clue which you mentioned there was when the work you did for tim was like well we'll go and write a bit of copy and then he said oh well actually you can write another piece of copy let's see if we can improve it like and you keep on going through that test validation like feedback loop Mm. and I see a lot of coaches and consultants just get totally despondent because they put out one post and it's crickets Mm. so what sort of advice would you give to a coach or consultant who's who's interested in sort of copywriting stroke you know then moving into content marketing and how they can start to get better results maybe Mm. well definitely write like you talk because for a lot of people, especially when they're not used to copywriting, they kind of write stiffly. <laughs> it's almost as if like they're just a plank of wood or something like when they write because they just want they want to make sure that it comes across professional. But the thing is, what professional means, it, it doesn't mean stiff, right? Yeah. I mean... Uh, these days it's like conversational is the new professional so you know people will respond to things that they can relate to so they don't respond to like something that's like, super like rigid like just think of reading a law contract like contracts aren't known to be fun <laughs> they're very you know stiff right but they kind of have to be for for law but when it comes to content marketing for example the reason why people will respond to you is if it's actually relatable and you can tell a story and you can actually provide value as well and value doesn't always mean teaching by the way i think that's a misconception because value can sometimes just make it can just be about making someone smile that day or making someone feel as if they're not alone or making someone laugh or, you know, or they want to tag a friend or something like that. That is, that still counts as value. It's not always teaching, although that's typical, that's typical go-to when you're a coach, um, you know, that you want to teach something to, you know, demonstrate that you know your stuff and that you can, um, you know, build your authority and everything. But actually it's just, being conversational so what I did to start out um because remember I didn't really have any training in this I just kind of 
did it. <laughs> um, what I did was um, I I can't remember what it's called. Is it called dictation? When yep. you yeah dictation. That's what I did. Um, I spoke into the mic and I saw like what was being written, and then I was like, oh okay, so this is how I sound when I speak. This is this is what my vocabulary is like. So I just kept doing that for a while, and and then to me it just became second nature. And I think it really helped actually, Robin. Like this is also something that I did at the beginning. I also thought of a friend, and sometimes I would even get a picture of my friend. Like I I get the picture up on my phone, and I put my phone like in front of me as I'm trying to write, as if I'm speaking to them, because it's so much easier for us to do that. Because you we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to create an amazing piece of content, but What's going to make the biggest difference is if it's actually relatable. And the best way and a, a quick hack to do that is to actually get a picture of your best friend. Um, probably someone who is in a similar field to you, perhaps, you know, so it's not just your best friend because you want to talk to, you know, fellow prospects, right? So, um, yeah, having a friend, because I have a couple of business friends, I'd pull up the picture and I'd talk to them as if I'm trying to help them. And then it really helps. <laughs> Gonna say it's such an awesome tip and I, I mean to be fair like i'm a big fan of the whole um recording content and then getting it transcribed um like how i how i wrote take your shot i actually dictated it i told that story um to myself i didn't have a, i didn't think to use a picture but i basically told it to myself mm. um and and i think that's why i get you know there's a lot of feedback because people can see that um it's a word which you used in your web, website was empathy mm. like they can start to empathize with the character through that storytelling process and i think that like that immediate connection keeps people reading mm, i agree definitely and in terms of um so you've talked about sort of you know uh, write like you talk maybe dictate your content uh talk to a friend mm-hmm. and go through that pro- process of kind of telling a story or providing value what what's is there kind of do you have like a almost like a step-by-step process what would you say would be the next sort of tip which you would give people Oh, that, that's a good question. Um, I think because copywriting is so broad and because right now we're talking about content copywriting, but conversion copywriting is a little bit different. I mean, what sort of specific tip? <laughs> well, let, let's dig into the conversion side of this because that's obviously okay. more more in tune with what you do. So let's let's talk about the conversion side of things. And this might be something which a lot of, sort of coaches and consultants don't necessarily know a lot about. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's dig right into that. So with conversion copywriting, what one of the top uh, frameworks that we use is the PAS fr- framework, and it stands for Problem, Agitation, and Solution. So that is the most basic of basic frameworks um, off the top of my head, where you describe problem and then you you em- you emphasize on that problem, and then you become the solution, basically. But actually, a new um, methodology that I've learned is actually from one of my mentors. Um, uh, in, in the launch space he calls it coaching the conversion which I think your audience would definitely relate to because um, you know a lot of us are coaches and consultants right and that is a completely different way Robin because at first um, and I'm not and like a couple of my clients they they can fall into the realm of almost push marketing right you know, when it almost feels as of like yeah your life will suck if you don't buy my stuff <laughs> Like in, in the most, <laughs> I mean, I could sugarcoat that, but, um, yeah. In, That's like, they've tried to wrap up the heaven if you do hell, if you don't, but in like five yeah. words, not 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is what creates that salesiness that we all fear. We, you know, we, we all fear being too salesy and sleazy and everything like that. And that can come across if you do create that heaven or hell scenario, but actually coaching the conversion is a lot more gentler than that. 
because when someone is in your buying cycle you know they are they're going through a lot of things in their mind and actually our job as marketers is to actually provide them with you know, an opportunity to make a decision for themselves. And yes, naturally, we do want them to say yes to our offer. But actually, if we focus on like, hey, you know, this is your choice, whether you choose to or whether you choose not to, it's up to you. But just get off this decision making fence, basically. So you meet them where they're at. And that's what's so important, because it's so easy to kind of assume that, you know, our prospects are where we want them to be but they're not, they're, they're all in the different stages of their journey. And it's our job to meet them where they're at. And actually we just need to provide them with the, it's kind of like um, a not so, uh, well, how, how can I say this? <laughs> so heaven and hell is a bit extreme, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in this case is is much more like either or, where you, you just literally want them to make a decision. That is it. It's not the decision to say yes, because that's what's pushing, pushing them into a corner. And that's what's going to make them feel like, oh, wow, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to make me feel super bad about myself that I buy from you. But, you know, we don't understand. We don't know everybody's situation. We could because um, we I know that it's easy for us to say, like, oh, you know, it's an excuse and they can easily go to the bank and like get a loan or something. But we don't know what the scenario they're in. They might have, you know, kids who they're struggling to feed right now or they may have student loans that is, you know, that's, that's keeping up on them. There can be so many different scenarios. And that's why it's our job to actually provide that space for them to make the best decision for themselves in that given moment in time. And so um, I think I've, I think I just totally went on a tangent there. <laughs> But I do, I do encourage everyone listening right now to actually think of that, that, you know, help your prospects to make a decision for themselves, the best one for them. And yes, it's going to be fantastic if they choose to work with you, but don't push them into that decision. Let them come to you. And you do that by, you know, offering up that safe space instead of like, go here. Otherwise your life will be shit. Well, the whole coaching process is about kind of helping people to make like a series of micro realizations about themselves, you know, and when you, when you're on a strategy session as a coach with a client, it should never be salesy. It should never be manipulative. It should all be about, well, you know, even, even when you get to the close, even when you get to a point whereby you're having that conversation about money and I'm mentioning it because you kind of, you, you raised it in the conversation. So where somebody says, oh gosh, that's, that's expensive you know, rather than saying like what you can't afford it, like those sort of closed questions, you just got to kind of almost, I said this before we started recording, but um, you've always got to act a bit dumb. Like it's a dumb question. You got to, you just got to say, well, what do you mean? Mm. And then allow them to kind of make that go on that little journey themselves and work out what they've just said. And like, what, what's attached to that? Mm. Cause um, more often than not, it's, um, it, it's never really about whether they've got enough money or not. It's about their own self-belief confident they're in confidence whether they can actually um you know because a lot of people go to coaches for the wrong reasons and they think they're going to hand over money to a coach and a coach is going to take away all their problems and make them mm-hmm. super rich and it just doesn't happen like that no, like uh, sorry for anybody listening and think it, do- it, it does but you know uh we can't work together sorry i've just shut the door on you but um <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being facetious, but, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, you, you've got to kind of just like allow the person to make it. And then like, sat there going, Oh, well, actually it's not about the money. It's like actually about my own confidence, whether mm-hmm. do I have enough confidence in the coach to be able to take me on that journey as well? Exactly. Do I trust them enough? Like there's, there's loads of other things going on there. Um, and, and so it, it's interesting how, so how do you kind of get that, that coaching element through, but in, in words and copy? Oh, 
Robin, I'm going to be honest, like people are going to have to take courses for this. <laughs> this is not something, unfortunately, that I believe anyway that you can learn on the fly. I can definitely give some resources of where I learned it. Um, but I think uh, it's because there's a whole sequence attached to this, like for gotcha. sequence, for example, or a sales page that is basically, it's still the same premise, to be honest. It's literally problem, agitation, solution. But when you agitate, you just show them the alternate reality that they have. And then you then you paint the picture of what could be their new reality. But either way, again, like the goal for us is not to get them to buy, is for them to actually make the best decision for themselves. Because have you have you ever been in a situation where like, is actually some, someone is just not at that right time, um, you know, in their lives right now to work with you, but yeah. they actually come back later and they thank you for the fact that you did not push them. Yes, I've had people wait no. two years before they've, they've worked with me. Well, there you go. It's cost yeah. them an awful lot more. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's taken a couple of years, but it's right time, right place. They've had some stuff they've got to work through. And then, but normally also as well, it's like I, I, I kind of have the approach on when I'm kind of either in my writing or when I'm coaching, like doing the, the strategy sessions, I'm like, just deliver as much value as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then at the very least, even if, even if it's not a good fit then and there, they've got stuff to go away and work on. And maybe it's taken two years for them to kind of work through that stuff on the initial call to get them to a point whereby right now we're ready to, to push the go button. Mm, yeah, exactly. And that is the goal for us because that's happened so many times. I, you know, obviously it's not great for sales, but, you know, I feel good when I leave a sales school and whether it's a yes, you know, to work with me, I mean, like yesterday, for example, unfortunately, uh, the budget for my prospect was half the amount that I was um, quoting for. And I could have, you know, just suddenly, um, you know, gone back on my entire word. Oh, actually, no, we can do this, 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 this. But that wouldn't feel good. And that wouldn't feel good for her either. Because like, oh, you know, you just kind of went back on yourself. And no one wants to know, uh, no one wants to see that. And she was like, literally, you're everything that I want in a launch copywriter. I just wish that I could afford you. And I was like, I totally appreciate that. And, you know, I honestly, I really hope that you do find someone who does your launch justice. And I do hope that we can work together in the future because she kept mentioning that. And afterwards, I just sent her an email. I was like, you know, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for your time and energy. Wish you all the best for your launch. And yeah, I'm cheering I'm cheering for you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm cheering for you uh, from afar sort of thing. And yeah, let's definitely keep in touch. And she just really appreciated that. And it felt really good for both of us because then it's kind of like, I, you know, I'm not angry or anything to say like, oh, she didn't work with me. It's not like that. It's like, no, it just wasn't the right fit right now. And that's okay. Do you know, it's amazing, isn't it, right? Because there's a lot of like super highly intelligent coaches out there and yet they take it personally when a client walks yeah. away, oh, yeah. like a prospect walks away. And it's like, do you know, I, I talk about three numbers in business a lot, 70, 10, 2, and I didn't make them up. They came from Google's Zero Moments of Truth. <laughs> okay. And just a white paper, which they did. So in order to get two, two sales, you've got to sit 10 calls, con- consultations, whatever, but you've got to start 70 com- conversations somehow. Mm. So if you're getting two sales, that means there's 68 no's in that whole process. Mm -hmm. So like every business has this inherent amount of failure built into it. And so I don't know about you, but I I would rather be in control of that number and have a qualification process for my prospects and potential clients and and have like a a red rope policy where only certain people kind of get in rather than have loads of clients saying no to me or prospects saying no to me. Mm -hmm. I want people queuing up to work with me. That's kind of how it should be. And Mm -hmm. it's not an ego thing. It's just a, well, this is how we get the best possible results and outcomes Mm -hmm. for our clients because we have a process in place. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And as well, like, because um, there there are so many copywriters that I know, they take on so many clients at the same time, and like some like fifteen, and I'm like, oh my god, that's that's a lot for me. I okay, Roman, I only take like two to three clients a month. That's it. Good. <laughs> And the reason why is so that I can go all in, you know, to yeah. the project that we're doing. I mean, to be honest, for a huge launch, I'd only have that one client for six weeks or however long it takes for us to work together. Well, to be honest, it normally takes longer than that, for, especially for a launch. So just for the coaches and consultants out there who are looking to launch a big program, it takes more than just a few weeks to put it all together, like to build your authority, to get your messaging and to hire the right team, etc. What? Makey? It, ta- it takes, like, I can't just have an idea today and launch it tomorrow? Are you yeah, serious? You <laughs> no, and I'll tell you more about that later with the five stages. <laughs> but- <laughs> but why not? I've got this great product. <laughs> See, that's that's the problem, Robin. That, that is the problem. And like, tr- trust me, I get it because actually, okay, I'm going to dive into because um, I know that I'm not sure how much time we have, but I, I will tell you my first launch failure. Please do go for it. <laughs> because I did go in with that mentality that like, oh my god, I've got an amazing idea and like people like it and that's awesome. Yeah, I'm just going to go for it. So this is back when I knew nothing about launching. I didn't know Tim at this time. I didn't like this is just me and my naive self. <laughs> Um, so a marketing agency reached out to me and they're like, Hey, you know, we're running this summit. Um, would you like to be one of the teachers on the summit? And, um, if so, it's 2k to join, but we will handle all the marketing for you. And at the time I was like, Oh, sweet. You know, I can do my own thing. I can be the course creator and actually just focus on my skill instead of worrying about marketing. So that should have been the dream scenario, but as you can probably tell, it was not. (laughs) And the reason why, Robin, is because there are so many touch points that I just did not have a say in. I didn't know where where my course was being marketed. I didn't I didn't know the platform. I, I should have asked more questions, but again, back then I was a bit too starry-eyed to be like, yay, you know, I'm gonna be on this platform, I'm gonna be on the summit. But I didn't build my authority then either. And that's a huge missing piece. And I do believe that that was one of the biggest reasons why my launch totally flopped. I mean for anyone who has launched and it's not gone so well, like I feel you, I really do. Because I remember when cart day, uh, sorry, cart open day came and I was so excited. I just kept refreshing my inbox. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Just kept refreshing my inbox. Like, Oh, nothing's coming through. And I just was checking, see if my email was working. So I sent from another email account. Like, oh, is this email account receiving emails? Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then come, come the day for cart close and nothing came through. And oh, I thought, no. I thought, well, okay, maybe they kind of rally up the numbers because there was a couple of teachers on this summit as well. So maybe they just like do this big report and then, you know, then they reach out to us. And then I had nothing and I was like, hmm, okay, let me be proactive and reach out to them. And they said something that oh, it even hurts to say it now. <laughs> they said, oh, no one bought your course. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after like weeks of pouring my heart into creating the content, creating the workbooks, the exercises, everything, all of that didn't matter because there was no sales at the end. And I didn't even know the reach. I didn't know anything about how it was all being ran. And that was the biggest lesson for me to never outsource hundred percent of my marketing to an agency where I have no say. I mean, I'm fine hiring a team like to work on my own launches and things, but I will be the one leading it. I will not be the one 
like sitting <laughs> sitting behind the scenes and just doing my own thing like I will be at the forefront of it so yeah there's a, that, there's a bigger there's a bigger thing at play here because it's not like you found one element of your business but again I think this is like rife in the business community mm. where you, you hear people make excuses and I, I know yours wasn't an excuse necessarily <laughs> like the, for, for one success has the word fail in it and if you look in the English the Oxford English Dictionary mm-hmm. but obviously fail doesn't have the word success in it so if you look mm-hmm. up the definition of the word success it's got failure written into it sure. but um, but it's rife in the business world I find at the moment you know, six million small businesses in the UK right and, and there are people out there saying I just don't get numbers I just think I don't get numbers or I don't really understand marketing. Right. So I just give it to somebody or I don't really. And and I'm like, if you're, if you're going to run a business, you need to be enthusiastic enough in every aspect of your business. So that if you do give it to somebody else, like at least, you know, a little bit about what the success factors are within Mm. whatever you're handing over. Now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking what you did because like we've been there. I've done launches like that. Friend of mine, he's um, very successful um, Facebook ads guy. Mm-hmm. did his own launch dropped 5k on this campaign this launch campaign uh before realizing that all of the traffic was going to a 404 page <gasps> yeah no. the five five grand in 48 hours oh my god right oh. the only thing that i've ever spent more than five grand on in 48 hours is a house or a car <laughs> right he, spe- he gave it to facebook he just donated it to the, the big charity of facebook basically oh gosh but so we've all and you do you think like you know richard branson wakes up every day with his 18 multi-billion dollar businesses and everything's gone perfectly as well like we can't expect things to go perfectly every time this is how we learn otherwise like imagine if everything was like super successful all the time for every business owner out there like business would actually cease to exist Mm, because because everybody would have too much success like it's the antithesis of like everybody struggling yeah (laughs) yeah you end up with the same result bizarrely Mm. i get very enthusiastic about this stuff oh no good i love it I'm just like sitting back in awe, like, yeah. So that, so that was your, what, you, you know, I'm, I'm really um, grateful as well for you kind of um, sharing sharing your story like that because I think like it, it humanizes, like it shows people actually things just aren't perfect in business. And actually, it's a really important lesson to learn. But what, what other, you mentioned a couple of other flops. So tell me about some other flops that you've kind of seen happen as well. <laughs> well, actually, no, that is my biggest flop, uh, personally. And um, I haven't done my own launch for a while. So, uh, actually I'm launching in a couple of months, but I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm going through my five steps first before I do it. <laughs> so that's, that's why, um, yeah, that's why like, I'm, I, I won't launch tomorrow. So, um, actually that was a major flop of mine. Um, I've heard a lot of, um, launch flop stories in the communities that I'm in because, you know, in order to learn the launch process, I did have to take a couple of programs in order to learn everything. And then when you, you know, when you find your target market and you go, this is a tip, all right? If you want to know exactly what the problems are, go to where your clients are. So for example, my, my ideal client are course creators. They can be coaches, they can be consultants, um, but that I know where the course creators are. So I go directly to the communities and I ask the question, what's the number one thing you wish you knew before you did your launch? And so many of them, Robin, they, they all said, I wish I knew how long um, I had to wait uh, before. Uh, no, sorry. Let me scrap that. <laughs> I wish I knew um, how much energy it would take in order to nurture my list before I'm ready to launch. I wish I knew, you know, how like how much authority I needed. I wish I knew the numbers. I wish I knew it's all of the stuff around actually pre-validating 
your idea as well as having the authority to teach because we because it's very dangerous to just regurgitate something that you've learned. It's very easy for us, for example, to just read a book and then regurgitate that information and almost try to call it our own. But that's what's missing. It's the authority piece. Like, who are you to say that? And I know that imposter complex is going to rear its ugly head for a lot of us because it does happen. Yeah. But what, what we need to focus on is not actually reinventing the wheel. You don't actually have to come up with an original idea, but the originality needs to come with how you repurpose information. So have you ever been in a situation, Robin, where you say something to someone and they kind of ignore you, but someone else says the exact same thing that you did and then they take action. It's like, what? It ha- happens with me and my wife regularly. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> it, it happened to my sister the other day. My little sister, she just moved back from university and she was having this tr- um, struggle with like, oh, I packed all my books in one box. And I was like, why don't you distribute the weight of the books um, into other boxes? So it's, it's actually, we can actually carry it. And she's like, oh no, you know, I think of something else. And then my auntie proposed the exact same idea. And she's like, oh my God, it's such an amazing idea. And I was like, excuse me, I said that first. <laughs> and that just goes to show, and that's what's the reassuring thing that, you know, there are so many people saying the exact same thing in their own way. And the way that you say it is going to land for somebody. It's and- probably just because your auntie's got like Yoda-like skills and she just <laughs> went, pack, pack books in multiple boxes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's that too but see <laughs> my auntie is more of an authority than i am yeah. right so, so uh, that's, yeah that's my point you know is the who is the authority figure who's saying this information and that's what matters that's why coaches and consultants or all course creators to be honest we all need to focus on our own authority and how we can put original spins on information that's already out there like don't put the pressure on yourself to reinvent the wheel you just need to be able to bring your own original spin to it which is what i call brand dna is that you need your unique voice you need your unique story that backs up why you are the one to be able to say this stuff um yeah i get i, I love it so so is the, the brand dna so is that is that one of the five steps which you kind of mentioned no actually um five steps is actually different than my process so i'm um, just a, in a nutshell my process whenever i work with any client are uh, in three stages and this is typically for launches so stage number one is h2h touch and that's all about customer research you have to have to have to get on calls do surveys and do amazon review mining to actually understand what your ideal customer customers looking for because this is the problem Robin that a lot of us have ideas and we want to launch them to the world tomorrow (laughs) or no we wanted to launch them yesterday but the thing is we go with our ideas first as opposed to what people actually need and we know the fundamental rule in business like give like give them what they want and sell them what they need right yeah so yeah, that, that's the first stage. We have to do the research. So I actually get on calls with my clients, uh, their own clients sort of thing, or people on their list, like the top fans. And I literally interview them what they need um, so that I understand and make sure that there's alignment in the offer that my client wants to put out there. So that is uh, stage number one. Stage number two is brand DNA. So it's very easy to also have your voice lost in all of this because now you want because now you know what your customers want. Like they voiced out their opinions, they voiced out what their fears are, what their desires are and everything. And it's so easy to lose ourselves in that. So this is when it's time to understand who we are. So I go, I go deep diving with my clients on their story. I go, I actually analyze their copy and I run them through a couple of tools to understand what their unique voice is. So like, um, 
So some of my clients, they have a combination of confidence and joy other than um, others have confidence and sadness. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, actually, understanding all of these emotions that are actually in their copy right now. And I'd also understand their values. So we really seep into the values because all of this is what creates their brand, is that experience that they provide to their audience. And then and only then do we create and write copy because um, for people who want to launch Hiring a copywriter is, is not a, oh, I need it tomorrow, please. <laughs> it's not like that um, because there's so much research and we have to do. We need to be able to sound like you and we need to be able to provide content and copy that actually resonates with your audience. So there's a lot of stuff that before the, and even before a single word is even written, there's so much stuff that goes into it first. I, I can't remember who, where I heard it or who I heard it from, but I, I think it was um, possibly the guys at Traffic and Funnels. I don't know if you've heard of them, Taylor and Chris, on one of their podcasts. They said a true copywriter doesn't do any writing. You'll never see a, a, copy, a true copywriter writing or something like that because mm. all they're doing is research. Yeah, it's true. Because how else are we supposed to sound like you? And how? Because think about it. For us copywriters, we have to get through two barriers of approval. <laughs> we need approval from the client, um, and then we also need um, the results for who they're trying to reach. So we have to go through a double barrier. <laughs> so it's so important to actually, you know, keep bringing back the focus on who we're actually serving. Um, so I'm serving my client, but they're serving their audience, and I also have a, you know. I also have um, a stake in that. You know, I, I am also serving the audience through my client. And so that's what's really important to actually um, make time for all this research first, which is why launching tomorrow, unless you have a very, very, very dialed in audience and they just love everything and anything that you do, that's a little bit different, but most of us don't have that. So that's why we have to go through this process first. Yeah, but I, I still think that even those, because you've still got to write, like no matter how much trust you've got, um, or how big your audience is or anything like that. I mean, you're always going to get a small subset or buy anything that you do. But mm -hmm. I think even when you're launching a new product um, into the marketplace, into your own marketplace, mm -hmm. people are still going to have a certain level of belief in the value they're going to get out of that new product. You're still going to be able to kind of articulate that value. Of course. Yeah. So, so I do do some writing as a copywriter, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good to know. Um, so, I, uh, kind of, kind of coming towards the end, actually, of our our, our kind of allocated time. I've thoroughly, I could spend all day actually talking to you because I got so many yeah, questions. Yeah, you too. <laughs> if, if, um, if somebody's uh, sort of thinking about kind of getting into copywriting, maybe a little bit more, are there any are there any books or podcasts or resources which you could maybe recommend they check out? Yes, definitely. So, whether if you're just interested in learning copywriting or you just want to or you actually want to become a copywriter, definitely go and listen to the Copywriter Club podcast. They are my mentors now. I'm actually in a mastermind with them. And no, this is not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I literally, like when I was, um, when I left um, the company and I started my own business again, I listened to this podcast religiously and it actually gave me the confidence I needed to actually go all in and I actually met the founder, like one of the co-founders um, a month later. He was like, hey, I'm coming to London. Like, can, um, can, uh, is anybody around? And I was like, oh my God, we get to meet you. That's amazing. So, <laughs> and everything like that. So definitely check that out. Copywriter Club by Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Um, I, like, I 
everything that they do is just absolutely stellar whether it's from their podcast or they have a free community as well if you do want to check out and like we, i love it because we just sometimes all we do is like we take a picture of an amazing atom and we just like kind of deconstruct it in the group nice i love stuff like that yeah that's cool yeah i literally whenever i'm in london i take a picture like you know when you're when you're on the tube when you're underground right for the train um sometimes i just see these amazing ads i'm like oh my god take a picture let's let's dish out <laughs> Let, let's like c- uh, criticize this <laughs> let's like deconstruct this is amazing um it's just re- super fun and they make they make copywriting fun as well in my opinion <laughs> cool I'll, I'll, I'll de- I'm, I'm off to check that out bye <laughs> <laughs> oh no hang on we've got an interview to finish right uh and any anything else any any other uh, sort of resources or any uh, books which you kind of dug into because um i know there's tons of like you know you've got the likes of jay abraham and people like that yeah, but um, would you go old school like that or you know yeah, they're better can, resources you definitely can um uh, the I actually oh this is so bad but I actually don't remember the name I only remember the I don't remember the name of the author but I I think it's Eugene Schwartz um, Breakthrough Advertising that book you it used to be out of print that <laughs> that's how uh, popular it was and at, at one point it was like several hundred pounds to be able to buy it but I think they have printed some copies again so you should be able to get that but it's not a cheap book um, but, no, but it's, it's brilliant Ad- I've got it oh you do okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's a fantastic book. Was he the one who wrote it? I think so. I think, okay. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because Eugene Schwartz, he's just like, yeah, definitely. And if you did want to go into some extra training into it, even if you are DIYing yourself, there are two people that I would definitely recommend. I started off with The Copy Cure by Marie Folio and Laura Belgray. And that's if you want to DIY your own copy. But if you actually want to really deepen your level of mastery, anything by Copy Hackers, like I have all of their courses. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, cause I learned launches informally cause I did, I learned as I went, you know, when I worked with Tim, right. But then I really wanted to formalize my knowledge. So, um, so I invested, um, in their entire product suite and it's stellar and I get a shiny badge, which you will see on my website. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, those, uh, they're super resources. I'm going to check out copy and copy hackers definitely in a copywriters club and i also just for the listeners i'm going to pop all of these um, links to all these resources in the show notes as well so just in case you're driving or on the move don't feel you've got to go and grab them right now uh, they'll be in the show notes so you can get those cool that that's been um, absolutely amazing um makey so i've got two last questions so i'm, I'm actually going to flip the order that i i sent them over to you oh, so okay we're, we're going to um <laughs> no, it's not a curveball it, you've seen the question so it's okay so um i'm basically i'm we're going to hop into the um fearless business time machine now okay. and uh we're going to set the dial back to 10 years um previous so um and i, I just want you to you're going to meet makey uh, my, minus 10 years now um what advice would you give her <sighs> okay so past making the moment that you let go of all the expectations of what others want of you you will finally be happy that's it <laughs> wow that's powerful i love it yeah it's amazing i i saw um I, I go and see an nlp practitioner from time to time and i saw her this morning and funny enough we worked on something exactly the same Wow. So the universe is obviously saying that that's incredibly important. It is. It is. Wow. Let go. go. 
Cool. Uh, love it. Um, right. Cool. We're, we're, last question ends. This one's much easier, actually. Um, so if um, people have got value, well, they will have got a ton of value, I'm sure, from today's um, podcast um, episode. Um, if they want to get in touch with you, where's the best place to get in touch with them? And do you have anything, you mentioned you've got a launch potentially coming up, but um, mm-hmm. do you have something which people can kind of um, sort of, have you got a, a gift or have you got something that you can kind I of do. give people to help them with their copywriting journey? I do have a gift. So especially for coaches who um, who are listening right now who do actually eventually want to launch and because I pretty much mentioned throughout this entire episode of it's a longer process than you think. And so it's actually best to actually become acquainted with what you need to know, like what elements you need to have in place before you start launching. So I actually do have a freebie. So it's the successful launch walkthrough guide. So this is when I walk you through my five core phases of a profitable and purpose-driven launch. This is based from my own experience as well as everything that I've learned formally as well. So, um, and I've walked through um, quite a few people through this and I'm like, whoa, okay, so these are all of the things. And trust me, if you go through these five phases, your launch is going to go a lot more smoothly and it's not going to be kind of like pulling your hair out gray hair like premature gray hair sort of situation that a lot of people do get around launch time so i do have that on my website so if you go to www.makeasang.com um robin will put put it in the show notes because my name's not that easy to spell <laughs> or, actually no it is easy to spell but it's not easy to remember and on there you'll also find links to my own podcast which is the quiet rebels podcast where i help people to find their voice to own their message as well as their worth in life and business and from there you'll also see that of, of all the social media platforms it would be instagram <laughs> so that's where i do my stories and you'll see a story actually um probably today when this episode airs of me and robin if he would be willing to do a little dance party with me <laughs> <laughs> why why not you haven't seen why me not? dance honestly okay it's, it's don't it's all good it's all good i've been storing up my dance skills to embarrass my girls with when they grow up oh sweet yeah yeah love it <laughs> so, yeah, it's, my, it's, it's my sole purpose in life now that's it yeah oh god i can't wait to do a dance move then yeah so you'll see that over on instagram stories today when this episode goes live so um yeah definitely check that out but that's what i have for you Awesome. Oh, listen, um, it's, you have dropped some amazing gold on this episode, Makey. I'm so grateful and speaking on behalf of the listeners as well. I know that they will have got some knowledge bombs out of everything that um, we've been talking about. So um, thank you ever so much to my guest, Makey, uh, for coming on to the Fearless Business podcast today. Thank you, Makey. Well, thank you so much for having me, Robin. Bye for now.